Yeah, Dude. we were just talking about how <laughs> yeah. we were talking about ghost notes. I randomly just pressed record in the middle of Ian and I's conversation because I was just like, shit, we need to be catching this because it's so true. But so Ian, true. Was, Ian was telling this story about trying a, um, like, a, I think they were, they were made in the 90s, right? Those trace heads, like the V12, I think, wasn't the... Uh, the one um, that I was playing, it was either a V6 or a V8 at a music oh, store. A V8, I don't know yeah. if anybody remembers, but it was their attempt to do like an SVT. It was an all-tube trace Elliott head through uh, their 810. And it yeah. was glorious. Like, maybe the best bass sound. I mean, it wasn't on a gig. It was in a store, but I was young and i was like oh it was so different than any other amp i'd ever played yeah, yeah. And, I, and and every note was like <laughs> yeah and, it's and, the, and you said it's the ghost notes isn't it the yeah. ghost note, when you're playing through a big cab like that oh. the gut like because everybody here will probably have experienced like when you play a note through a loud rig that's sort of what like you feel the note but yes. like when you're playing through an 810 with a yeah. really like big head on it when you play ghost notes it does the same thing you feel the ghost note and our statement was if you can't feel the ghost note it's bullshit we should have t-shirts with that on if you can't feel yeah. the ghost note it's bullshit well it's cool because it makes everything you play intentional too because you can feel it yes. it almost makes your ghost notes feel like kick drums and then yeah. what what happened to me or what happens to me when I'm on a rig like that is like I'm more I'm not just playing them willy nilly I'm like, oh, I have to be intentional about them because they're contributing, right, to the overall vibe on stage. And, oh, dude, if you can't feel a ghost note, it's bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, I think that, seriously, (laughs) we should do a tea with them. But it's true, and I think that, to your point, you play completely differently when you can feel the ghost note through the amp. Like, it becomes part, like, more of your musical expression rather than this sort of, like, thing that might just incidentally happen because you like you know you probably play too many ghost notes we all play a few too many ghost notes right but with that yes just like you yes. have to simplify it down oh does this mean that is this the excuse that we all have to go out and buy big fat eight by tens and valve oh. amps I mean, look, dude, Maybe I, know, I know now that the whole thing is like you stack little 12s and you have the little rig and there's a quiet stage. And But man, I mean, if you haven't ever, dear podcast listener, enjoyed the experience of being just trouser flapped by an 810, you yeah, just got to do it. It's so... <sighs> yes. On, on I, a gig, dude on a, dude, on a gig... When you get that, and just to put it out there, when you just add a like a, like a hair of compression on there as well, yes. Oh, oh and just and then you have all this horsepower in reserve, right? You have all yeah. this horsepower, and then you don't have to play very hard. I yeah. love being through an amp live where, like, ooh, if I even step out, I even play like sixty percent of my of strength. It's yeah. like, whoa, that's almost a little too loud. And then you're like, oh, damn. And then it's like driving a fast car slow. It's the coolest thing ever. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm, you're just driving the fast car, 25 miles an hour. It's all good. Oh, you could push it down. (laughs) Could you push the accelerator down? Of course. Of course. And maybe you do for a minute, but then maybe you let it back off, dude. You know, it's cool. (sighs) So good. good. (laughs) So good. Yeah. I was watching a Philip Conrad video recently, and he he might have, they were talking about valve amps. 
It yeah. was one of his older videos. Shout out to Philip Conrad's on, Philip uh, Conrad, on, we on love the YouTube's. You, we love your vibe, Philip. We love we, you, I man. love you. He does he does videos out in out in his garden. Well, it's not in the garden. It's in woods somewhere. But I live near some woods. So Philip, if you watch me do a random video in the woods one time in the next few months, you have inspired that, my friend, because it's so freaking cool. I was like, yeah, he's got the he's got the Mustang with the flats, and he's in the woods. Like, there's no better vibe than that. I'm like, bring it on. But, uh, That's so good, yeah. Yeah, I was watching one of his videos and he was talking about the difference between valve amps and, you know, and, and you know, regular amps. And he said that, and I think that he, he maybe somebody described it to him like this. He was like, it's like the difference between running on sand and running mm. on like a training track. Uh, asphalt, I think that you guys tr- call it or something like, like asphalt. that. Yeah, asphalt, yeah, yeah. Asphalt, yeah, sure. yeah. The difference between running on asphalt and running on sand, it's just a little <laughs> spongier, you know, but it alters... Yeah. <laughs> How you how you run, and likewise a valve um, amp can alter how you play as well because the the feel of it is different, and I think yes. that that is what is lost when, for me at least, when you li- there is an audible difference when you listen to valve amp versus regular amp on YouTube, yep. but it, it's not the same as when you're experiencing it in the room. Yeah, it's just yes. not the same. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And then, I, and then, dude, this is so funny because this just makes me want to repeat the cycle because I did this. I bought all the tube amps, SVT, B15, yeah. the Esoteric Sadowski tube amp. Then I'm changing the tubes. What tube is going to give me the perfect bit of sponge or asphalt? I want to find that happy medium. And then playing on the gig, playing somebody's first dance at a wedding gig, and <laughs> tube goes out. And now what are you? You're an asshole. Yeah, You're an yeah, asshole yeah, yeah, for yeah. choosing that amp, you know, to play. Oh, dude, I, you know, so now I'm in this zone because I'm, you know, playing gigs on the road, doing stuff, you know, doing, you know, going out and doing some fly gigs, doing, you know, a little bit of stuff with Dessa, Eric Hutchinson, these artists yeah. I play with. And guess what, dude? They don't care at all. They do not about, want the team no. going down. And, the, <laughs> and, and it, the bass just has to work. Yeah. But I pine away. For those days, Scott. But you're using, just to put it out there, you're using certain things in your chain that do give you that tube-esque sound. Yes, definitely. And I think like amp emulators, um, you know, multi-effects, you know, like HX Stomp or like the Origin. That's a that's such a good one. The DI that they make that you know does a Fender or like a SVT. I think I've got both of them here. Dude, I got one pulled up. I got one pulled up here too. I got one pulled up here too. Got these. Oh, see, I just have the one. Oh, but the one's back here, dude. I've got them both, too. Come on. Matches. Uh, uh, yeah. Have you got I, one of these? By the way, we are going to be talking about pedals today. <laughs> have you got one of these? I bet you have. I just, I, this is just like a competition now. Let me see what you got. Let me see what you got. Okay, hold up. I see your big box, Callie, and I raise you a whole ass pedal board, dude. <laughs> oh, he's got the noble on there as well. Amazing. Dude, yeah. side, side note, do you remember the movie <clears throat> RoboCop from our youth? Dude, well, the film RoboCop. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Uh, that's, I feel like that's where is from, dude. Do you remember that? Dude, it's the scariest part in RoboCop. It's when they've shot Murphy a million times. And he's, and the bad guy's Clarence is over him with a shotgun and he says, I don't like cops. No, what does he say? 
cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. And then he goes, oh, dude, I get goosebumps right now just thinking about it. And he shoots his hand off. Yeah, and these little fingers fly off and stuff. Dude, yeah. it's so... What did you think about the remake? Did you like? The re- I liked the remake. I didn't watch it. I oh. love the original so much. I mean, I saw it too young. Uh, shout out to, to old Bob Allison, who showed me that movie when I was eight. Hey. <laughs> no way. Amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pro- I mean, probably just maybe made me who I am. Li- you know what I'm maybe saying? Maybe a little like for, too young. <laughs> for better or for worse. Probably for worse. It's probably why I'm fucked. <laughs> but I love that movie so much anyway. Yeah. Dude. It's awesome, isn't it? Anyway. Yeah, but all that to say that you've got stuff in your signal chain to give you that certain sponginess. I don't think it's exactly the same. I don't think it's exactly the same as Valve. But it's... But it's cool. It does. I, I and I do like that sponginess. Just switching gears, just to, to, to bring it back to the. I'm going to bring it to back to the pedals in a minute. But just a heads up to everybody that a few weeks ago we talked about a giveaway that we were doing. We talked about a giveaway, we and we sure also did. and we talked about that. I was going to. The whole question was: Well, first of all, just if anybody doesn't know, we're doing a giveaway right we now. We are. We're doing a big giveaway right now, and we're giving away five incredible bases. Like, incredible. And these aren't any other, like, any old bases. These are actually my personal bases that I'm throwing in. So, yeah, very cool. All, all of them, right? All, all of them? All of them. So I'm giving That's away... That's a first, right? That's a first. A, it is yes. a first, yeah. Yes. So I'm giving away my kind of legendary uh, vf4 f base the one you did players is, path with I, I did players path. i may i've maybe recorded more spl material on that base than any other base so we're yep. giving away that four string which is beautiful i see people that have got it on instagram that have obviously like sent them a you know a picture of me playing that bass and said hey make this bass amazing so, yes. yeah it's, it's a great bass man um so we're giving away that we're also giving away another vf Six, which is a, an, another F base VF six, the gray one, the gray one. That one's incredible, and it's like there's all of these. Well, first of all, you, there's barely any VF sixes out there, so it's a right. really incredible base if you get your hands on it. Um, it's a it's great to play, and there's a bunch of different features about that base that are kind of unique. The finish, it's also got a ramp on it. It's yes. got these sort of like glow in the dark dots that you can't see on video, but it's got these glow in the dark dots on, on the oh, side really? of it. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, cool. so we're giving away that. We're also what else are we giving away? We're giving Ken away. Smith. We're giving away, oh God, my white (laughs) tiger, Ken Smith, which is incredible. It is just an incredible bass, white tiger, Ken Smith. I actually, and I've talked about this um, over, you know, the last few weeks, sound wise, I actually preferred that for the album, for the Divine King Project album. Mm. Sound wise, I preferred it in the mix than this bass here, but I use this because just because of the playability is just 
amazing and and i just love the bass this yes. is more of a fendery kind of sort of like jazz bass on steroids kind yes. of or ja- yes yes sort of like smoother jazz bass kind of vibe whereas the ken smith has got that real fusion kind of vibe about the mid-tonal <laughs> like quality yeah there's yeah, a point cut, in the yeah, top cuts yeah. that, that that makes like a <laughs> like a freaking knife yeah. um so i almost used that for the album actually but i didn't because i just preferred the 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 slightly wider string spacing actually which is weird wider string spacing on this and also the pickup is like a ramp right under my fingers so i just i this is why i use the 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 banana bass in the end so i'm giving away the white tiger and then we've also we've got the the vf4 um f bass we've got the vf6 f bass we've got the white tiger ken smith which is the full blown custom model as well yep and then we've got my own personal Gary Willis signature bass, which Love I'm going gonna, gonna to weep about when I goes because that, <laughs> it's a fretless and it's just absolutely incredible. Yes. That's in the mix. And I just thought it would be cool because this is also kind of wrapped up in the album that we're doing. And Willis was one of the big influences for the album. So I thought it was like just tied together with the narrative. And then finally... Well, I just want to say real quick about the Willis bass before you move on to the last bass. That bass, I remember you being like, oh, it's so great. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But then we did a video. We we made a fretless video. Yeah. Um, and it won't be out by the time this pod comes out. But we made a fretless video, and Scott played the Ibanez Willis. And every time you played it, I was like, shit, that bass sounds good. Every single time you played it. And it I know that's about your hands, yeah. and I know that's about your heart and your brain and your sinew, and your right tone is in the hands, but that bass sounds phenomenal. And every there note is you something, played, I was like, damn. Yeah, th- there is something really unique about those basses. There yep. is. It's because they're, it's really like Swamp Ash. There's just sort of like, I haven't played any of the fretlesses that sound like the Willis basses. Mm. I will say that. There's something really special about them. So there's that one. And then weeks ago when we knew we were going to do this giveaway we were choosing the bases to go in the giveaway and i joked i was like oh maybe i should give away the the banana base maybe maybe the the banana base should be like the first prize and we all laughed and we're like (laughs) right right and then yeah and and then sort of like a few weeks go by and we it came up again and I was like, well, maybe, and this is what we talked about in the podcast, didn't we? We were like, well, maybe, like, we get one of these made. We get one of these made. Sure. So we're like, hey, this this is the first prize. We're going to get F-Base to make you one of these bases, identical to this. But then, because I haven't, like, actually spoken to you properly about it. I don't think I have anyway. I went away on holiday, basically. I went away on holiday. It gave me time to step away from my bases. <laughs> It was a week. We spent it in Spain with the kids and my wife and stuff. It was cool. Yeah. We swam in the sea, all of that shit. Anyway, and while I was away, I was just reflecting on it. And part of this giveaway is that we're raising money um, in in partnership with Pencils of Promise, who we've, you know, we've done this over the last three years. We, up to date, we've raised $173,000. We've built two entire schools. Wow. Completely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of like, you know, I guess thinking about this, the impact that we've had with the base community and that, that, you know, we're doing it again this time around. And dude, I was just like, if I give away the banana base, it's just going to make people go, Oh, just like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And, and, 
And I was like, and, and that made me think it needs to be the base. It yes. needs to be this base. Yeah, it's going to be that base. Yeah, it's, so yes. it's going to be this base, which is Whoa. bonkers to say because it's the my favourite base. Maybe, maybe, maybe my favourite base of all time. Um, and I've just recorded my first album on it under my own name, Divine King Project. Um, so it's like really special. So I think that all of that kind of like adds up and kind of, I will say, I was watching the documentary that we yeah. made and yeah. I'm like playing this bass all throughout the documentary yes. and I was like, oh. You're like, I can't give this away. Fuck. Well, I was, <laughs> by this point I'd already made the decision. I was like, I'm yeah. going to do it. So oh, to, to all you listeners, wow. this is the bass yep. that you can get. So I'm giving this bass away. So, um, I mean, I'm I will say sh- too, testimonial. I mean, you did the you did slap accelerator on that bass. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I've played that bass for videos when I've been out there, and it is amazing. The that that bass is totally like your bass. It's an era, right? You have these eras with basses. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be so, dude. As you were telling that story about like that, you you know you're thinking about it. You thought it's a good cause. It'll generate so much excitement, right? You're just going to do it. I thought, how cool is this? Like, you have these eras with instruments, you know, where like people identify you with certain basses. I mean, you know, Overwater, right? Yeah. Then of course the P bass yeah. of Doom. I remember watching a ton of content that you recorded with that Red Nate Men. Dell P base too. Oh yes, dude, that was an era. You played that for a while, dude. And then that bass was killer. Yes, I know. And, yeah. and I was like, oh damn, it's so cool. And then of course, then there was the silver Mulan. Then there was yeah. uh, the two tone. Uh, oh, the four string PJ yeah. that you're giving away. The, the PJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm forgetting some, but of, of course, then. The banana base. I'm sure what? there was one before yeah. that. Oh, There's Ken maybe Smith. One, the Ken, Ken Smith, Smith four. four the four, yeah. Some Big of time. them last a long time. Yes. I think the ones were... The, the, some of them are like true eras, aren't they? They're like, oh, yes. that was the thing. I think it definitely... Like, there was the Overwater era. Yep. There was the P-Base era, the P-Base of Doom. Definitely. And then that transitioned into the Nate Mendel P-Base, yep. which was just incredible. Sounded nothing like a P-Base, really. It was so hot. That hot pickup, yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, that that pickup is just <laughs> just insane. Like, in, all, in, in a great way, but God damn, it doesn't sound like a P-Base. <laughs> it's like a dog, but it's like an angry dog. Yeah, um, right. Real yeah, mid-rangey. So, yeah. Oh, really mid-rangey, yeah. So that was definitely an era. And then I think that the the f base the vf4 that custom one that i'm giving away in this giveaway was definitely an era and then i yes. think that the other one like i flitted around and then i think that the banana base has definitely been sort of like an era i think that that agreed yeah so there's only actually been maybe like four or five true eras i think for it to be an era it needs to be used for like well over a year i think maybe like 18 months to two years so so i'm also i will say i'm excited about finding the next you know finding the base Uh, like and we talked about it is like what is it gonna be it's so exciting it's like it's like almost like leaving a country and you know and traveling to other countries knowing that i'm gonna settle in one of these countries but i'm not sure 
right w- w- where it's going to be like wh- where the journey's going to lead yeah, me dude, it's, it's so a- fucking exciting dude <laughs> it's a like journey it's, yeah, yeah. Voyage, bro you're about to embark on yeah, a like, base th- journey there's definitely pain i will say that this is the one that i think that is, uh, is going to be the most emotionally challenging to let go because of the album because it was yes but i think it's a reminder also to myself that these are tools and they these these are tools that that don't belong to me actually and we've talked right. about this that after they've belonged to me will go out into the world and they'll be they'll you know they'll belong to other multiple people will own these bases and it's i just think it's so fun to think of each these bases going through different people's hands and how people fall in love with them and use them i just think it's freaking awesome all that oh, to so say awesome. guys if you want to take part in this giveaway Ooh. and it is completely free to enter Zero catch, completely free to enter. All you need to do is go to winabasebuilderschool.com and you will find it there. Winabasebuilderschool.com, totally free to enter. And then once you've entered, we've got all of these other fun things that you can do to earn extra entries, extra tickets. That's what it's called, I think, extra tickets. Basically, you can earn extra entries by doing all of these cool things. Um, so, yeah, go check it out. You can, And hopefully we'll be sending you one of these bases and you might even be the next owner of this beautiful base the uh the bn5f base the banana base um, which is just like the base of a lifetime yeah absolutely awesome dude the search for excalibur continues it continues man it's it's so fun to to, (laughs) it is yeah like it really is like and i've got no idea like obviously i'm speaking with somebody at the minute we've been speaking you know we've been speaking about that um is that it is like i don't know what it is right. i don't know what it is is it it's just like journey. is it another f base i'm going to gravitate back to another f base right well dude yeah. i mean as you're talking about all this i can't help but think about into the future when you know like we're we're remembering we're going oh man remember when you were really you know really into this base or remember when we just got so excited about this stuff and remember the kubikis and remember like i see and then i had this feeling oh this is so weird man i mean this just this actually shows me how i feel like i feel connected to you i was actually thinking when we're 70 i'm gonna find that i'm gonna find the banana base and we're gonna get it back that's that's what i thought <laughs> and, then, and, we're, and we're gonna you know and we're gonna give it to story you know oh dude you know what be I mean? amazing. Like, yeah 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 and I maybe just, it's I like feel that wouldn't it be amazing to get it back and it's all battle stat scarred yeah, yeah. And just sort of oh, like yeah, it's dude. done ten thousand gigs <laughs> yeah. you know yeah it's 30 years in the future and, we, and it's done ten thousand gigs that would be so freaking oh, cool so cool yeah. i love that i mean i love it i love the possibilities um and you know we've talked about this before but yeah i have a, a dear friend uh named justin charbonneau shout out to charbonneau who killer guitar player and he talks about this where he's like you know we don't own any of this stuff yeah once you get into your 40s right it's like you start thinking oh all this stuff that we're so precious about that we you know spend so much time and energy and money on it does not go into the afterlife it does not it's all like just with us for it's just with us for a second right we're just a steward yeah we're a steward yeah that's it yeah it's great it's a great way of thinking about it it's sad the kind like like as I'm, I mean, but it's also really cool as I'm sitting here, like looking around at too many bases. 
I'm just like, oh, I got to get on this train of, of, uh, of letting some of these go. You know, I'm like, oh man, I'm just too precious about this stuff. But it is, it's so cool. It's very inspirational to see you do this and to see you let go of that bass. And I think, I hope God, if you win the banana bass, you better play some gigs, boy. Tell yeah, you what, yeah, you win yeah, that banana. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you, podcast listener. You win this banana bass. Please play the hell out of it. Don't keep it under your bed. Don't don't sell it on reverb. I mean, whatever. It's your bass, right? You do whatever you want with it. But if oh, they sell it on reverb, I'm going to buy it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I freaking will. I freaking will buy this bass back without a shadow of a doubt. That's and then I'm going to do a YouTube video about it. i like, she's back. <laughs> Banana bass is back. <laughs> I even might dress up oh. for it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be nice. It's going to be freaking great, man. But yeah, I do think that um, I do think it's so interesting all of these different bases that end up with. And I think that I, I, you know, I'm I'm a little different to, to some. Um, I love the idea of finding these bases and spending mm. time with them because yes, my the heroes of of my past the you know the Gary Willis's the John Patucci's the um, Elaine Caron the you know, Jeff Andrews, they had that. They had these. And actually, their bases lasted, in, in terms of eras, lasted on much, much longer. You know, they had real... Yes, like, totally. Yeah, like Jeff Andrews, man, I think that he had that same freaking bass for his entire career, for the most part. That PJ bass that he had, yeah. It's very cool, yeah. you know. That, hey, there's so, something about that, too, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, when somebody plays one instrument for their entire... Yeah, that's... It's a serious flex, dude. It's like, for me, it's like the ultimate flex. It's something that, yeah, because for most people, they've screwed it before they even got there. I mean, like, you're four bases in, you're five bases in, and then you have that realization that, oh, some people play the same bass for their entire career. Like, you screwed it before you even realize it, you know? Dude, yeah, I'm just thinking people, about yeah, it's cool. me right now and just hating it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I will say I that yeah, it's, man, you come from, it's, it's, it's like, a, it is a different world, though. I think that... It is. Um, yes, yeah, like, I think that you're much, like, if... if like you, it's like you're a sessioning bassist. You like do a lot of studio work. You're you're not Mr. Jeff Andrews. That you're sort of like where like right. Jeff was doing his thing and yes. imprinting that on a record. John Patitucci, very similar. Victor Wooten, Gary Willis, like all of those guys do their thing and get they hired for their thing very specifically. Yes. Whereas like people like yourself. Like and all of those great, like Sean Hurley, John Button, like those session bassists that do like all of that studio work, they all have you know a rack of bases that, that they need Definitely. to be able to do because they are getting they are getting hired because of who they are, because of their particular approach on the bass, but because they can all also like really. Um, put the, the artist can or the producer can put the trust in them to, to pick the right the, thing, pick the right yeah. thing for the album, and that isn't. Oh, this is my sound. This right. is my sound. Yeah. But it is interesting when I think about Hurley and I think about, you know, really when he started to find it, that, you know, if you think about Hurley, you think about a P bass. I mean, good God, he's got a signature, right? Like Fender custom shop P bass. Yes. And, his, and, yeah. 
Yeah. It became kind of his thing. It's I love, I just have to say, big shout out to Sean Hurley, John Button, guys like Tony Levin, who were Tony, right? If you think about Tony, it's a stingray. And I do love this real fine line between, you know, yeah, of course, Sean is going to bring, he'll have a five string at the session. He might even have a fretless at the session. I've seen him post about that stuff, but he's got a thing that he, that, he does get hired for. And then, you know, I think that's really cool where it's like a side man with a voice. And it is interesting, dude. I will say, you know, I'm looking around at all these bass guitars that I have. I have been playing, I have been playing this lull on sessions and people have been freaking out about it. I've been playing that Vorin Saku on sessions and people have been freaking out about it. There is a specter five behind me that I've been playing and I have been playing like less of the wide variety assortment vintage things. Oh, that's interesting. And that is weird (laughs) because I've always been, you know, I've always been like, Oh, you know, I've got a jazz with flats and a jazz with rounds, the Antigua, right. And hollow body bases with flats. I still play that stuff, but it is interesting. I'm getting, I find that I'm getting called now more for like my thing, which I'm, you know, still looking for what that is, but right. It's, it's maybe effects. It's soundscape. It's, it's soundscape, isn't it? It's yeah. It's, and, yeah, yeah. And no one is asking me, Oh, Hey man, can you make sure to play the music master? Oh, Hey man, make sure that you're playing a Mustang. It, it doesn't happen. They're like, Hey, do exactly what you think you sh- you know, is the right thing. And it's interesting. I've been kind of leaning toward these instruments that have been built. I mean, I feel so fortunate, but have been built for me over these yeah. last couple of years and thinking like, whoa, am I? So I'm having a bit of a, a bit of a renaissance as well. Looking around at some of these old bases collected dust. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah. I think that you're right though. I think that Hurdy's definitely got, when you think about Sean, he's like got a, if you were a producer, you know what you're getting. Like, exactly right. Yeah. You know, you can do other stuff, but if you're hiring him to be Sean Hurley, you know what you're getting, right? You're getting Absolutely. like a P bass with flats and yes. a very particular like type of playing as well. Same thing with you. If you're hiring you, if you're like, hey, come and do your thing, you're probably going to rock up with probably one of your jazz basses, but right now, maybe mm-hmm. the lull. Maybe it's like the IMA4. And also, you've, you are going to bring your effects. You are. Right. And I don't think that you're going to turn up with a sort of like a huge pedal board, but no, you're no, going no. to bring, but I think that you have actually got a huge pedal board in your head, Mr. Allison. <laughs> you don't need a huge pedal board of effects because you've got them all in your head and you turn it's up true. with your little pedal board <laughs> yes. and, 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 it, and it's full of freaking awesome effects. And I think that that's what you, when somebody reaches out to you to like, that's what you're becoming as a bass player. Right. And I think that that's incredibly exciting trying to find like what you, like what is, what is your personality as a musician? Like, what yes. is it? Because you fucking got one as a person. Right. You know, you've yeah. got one. Why shouldn't you have one as a musician? Absolutely. And it just takes some time, right? It takes some time to figure it out. It takes some time to even admit the things that you like. Dude, this is, I mean, I'm turning back on you for a moment. You making this fusion record is such an mm. awesome, bold statement of the things you love and your sound. You know, like the yeah, things yeah. that you value, the the sounds that you value, the playing that you value. And it's like, instead of you going, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do something that I think, you know, everyone will like, no, man, you planted a flag and you were like, I'm going to, 
I'm going to be the thing that you like. I'm going to show you why you should like this. That's yeah. what I see you doing. And I think that's fucking awesome, dude. I think yeah, it's dude. so cool to say, here's what I like. I'm going to be enthusiastic about it. And you might jump on this train. You might have thought you weren't a fusion guy, but guess what? You know, check out this record, check out how passionate I am about it and check out. Um, and you just might find that you fall in love as well. And, 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 I, and it's inspiring, and, yeah. man. Oh, by the way, the, the album's going to be going onto YouTube. It might even, like, some of it might already be up on YouTube as this video goes out. So if you, uh, if you've not checked it out, make sure that you go check the album out. Um, it'll certainly be, like, when we release it, I think it's really getting released on October 2nd. When we do release it, it's going to be up on Spotify, Apple Music, and all of those places. But then we will also be releasing it, um, one track per week onto YouTube. We're also yeah. going to release a documentary onto YouTube about the making of it. And we've got the entire thing transcribed for you as well all of the tab all of the notation for the entire album and it's totally free and to get your mittens on that all you need to go to is scottsalbumbonus.com scottsalbumbonus.com and you can get the free ebook there which includes all of the tab and notation for the entire albums freaking super yes. cool like it's super cool stuff but i i will say just to your earlier point, I'm not even sure that I've found who I am as a player yet. Mm. I'm not sure mm. I have. And I think that mm. that's interesting. And I think that what's really helping me or like being a force in function of this is thinking about the musical projects that I'm going to be doing in the future. Yes, I'm like, absolutely. oh, like, what am I going to do? Like all of that stuff. And also just to note that you can see that change in other people's career as well. You know, like mm. if you look at Pino Palladino, for instance, um, when he was in, like in the eighties, he was predominantly playing fretless. Right. He was like touring with, you know, that's what he was getting hired for, you know? That's right. And then like late eighties, early nineties, he's playing with sort of like Dominic Miller and Manu Kachu. They've got this like sort of like fusion trio, right. like that whole thing. He's doing that. And then suddenly he slides into who, like, I'm sure somebody knows the full story. I don't. He slides into the, the D'Angelo gig and he, suddenly he's playing a P bass with flats. Crazy. Yes. He went from playing a music man with and playing like full on 80s stuff. And then he had the fusion stuff he was doing with Dominic Miller. And then now suddenly he's, well, not now, but then he slides into doing the D'Angelo gig. And then from the D'Angelo gig, ends up doing lots of like RB, sort of like that folk. Like, it, it John was Mayer. wild. John Mayer yeah. again. He's playing the like the P, P bass, yeah. So, and I think does he's playing. I think his playing is actually similar-ish across the eras of Pino, but but there is definitely changes oh, definitely. within those eras, like as well. Like there are certain things that do stay the same, but. Man, there are some big changes in the way he plays as well. Yeah. Interesting. And he he's a chameleon. I mean, he can yeah. really he can really you know, remember when we did we did a video where we're like, Oh my god, look look at all these jazz chops Pino has. You yeah. know? Yeah. And like you would never know if you heard him just play with Paul Young. You would never really know he had jazz chops just listening to Vultures by John Mayer, right? But yeah. it's it's really he really um values the song, values the aesthetic of the sound. He's not always trying trying to get Pino fills in at every, every possible moment, but he is one of the dudes that plays, he plays a lot and it always sounds good. Like he plays, sometimes yeah. he plays like a lot. He plays a lot of fills. He plays a lot of 
right? But it's it always feels like musical and the right choice. It's always moving the song and energy forward. I Absolutely, love that about yeah. him. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Beast. No, he's a, he's, a, he's a beast. And talking about beast, man, just sort of like to throw it in there. I was listening to a live concert of Grover Washington last night, 1981. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steve, have you seen it? Steve got no. on kit with Anthony Jackson playing his original oh. four-string, four, oh. the career girl, four-string jazz, yeah, four-string jazz. <laughs> Stripped ash body with a P-bass neck. And Anthony Jackson is outrageous. Like, mate, he is... It was like... It was one of them kind of like real... You know, like when you watch somebody when they're... When they're sort of like... They've done their thing. Everybody knows who they are. Yeah. Like, you know, they're like in their 50s or 60s, whatever, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, like they're really great. They, You know, they're... they're Yes, they're phenomenal. But like watching him back then... He was off the freaking hook. He was insane. Like, oh, it's worth going to check it out. I need to check it out. Yeah. I need and to the check music that out. as well. I will say that the music isn't sort of like super up my street or anything like that. So I had to, do, and, and I'm sure for a lot of you listeners as well, it might not be your, up, up your street either. It is worth just sitting down with a beer or a cider or a wine or whatever, you know, <laughs> takes your fancy. <laughs> and just watching that concert, Grover Washington, 1981, yeah. live, it's on YouTube. Okay. And there are certain moments where he just does some crazy stuff. Like he played, do you know, like when we did that video with Jim and, yes. and we were like transcribing his fills and we were like, what is he even th-? like he, it's that, concert is full of those fills that are very like just don't sound like anybody else but him right they just sound like him like i'm not sure what the where he was coming from who he was listening to like he cites james jameson as being his like main influence but when i listen to those fills i'm just not sure who i hear other than anthony jackson yeah Yeah, that's pretty incredible yeah yeah, another side man just like one of the greatest yeah beast so cool should we switch gears and talk about pedals yeah oh we've talked about so much in this uh, episode it's been great it's been so fun man it's been so fun but yeah we got we got to give the people some pedals yeah you know i've had this idea of wanting to do you know we've talked a lot about esoteric stuff we've talked about single pedals we've talked about multi-effects and the difference but we've never given like here's the thing i i'm so into pedals that sometimes i forget that people are uh that, that not everyone is and that some yeah. people feel like daunted by it and it feels scary. Right. So yeah. I thought it would be really fun to do like a, okay, five pedals, like five styles of pedals and then some actual recommendations. So look, I've even got the pedals in front of me, you guys, I'm prepared. I came prepared. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about my recommends, the stuff that I love, the stuff that I have experience with, and I will recommend some stuff to you. Scott's going to too. Um, and yeah. look, I, we're going to leave a ton of stuff out because we don't, we've not played all the pedals. Right? I mean, there's so many to play. And what, you guys and might be like, I can't believe they're not talking about this. What you was know? your pitch for it? Like the five pedals that somebody needs? Or like, what's the... Yeah, the or, five or just some, styles yeah. of pedal. Like, if you want to get into the game, here are my top five recommendations of like the, the type of pedal. You know, so there's... 
There's all there's all kinds of things, and we'll get, we can get into it right now. But what I'm leaving out, I'm going to leave out boring stuff. I mean, yes, you should have a tuner, probably right. But I'm I'm not going to talk about tuners. I'm also not going to talk about multi effects. I'm not going to recommend you the Ooh. Line Six HX Stomp, which I think is maybe <laughs> the greatest multi effects processor of all time. Hey baby, hey baby, so one's on its way to me. Are you one's serious? Way- yeah, you serious? dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh hell yeah, dude. Okay, Sh- all right. Yeah, Pre- Shout out, to, incoming. Shout, shout out to Dan, uh, freaking <laughs> like because Yamaha they uh, they distribute. Oh. Or I think that Yamaha own um, Line Six, and we were doing a uh, we were doing a um, a session for SBL with Yannick Guizdala down in London yes. um, la- early last week, and and Dan was there, and um, and I got speak- speaking to Dan, and he was like, and I can't remember what. What we were talking about, he was saying, oh, Yamaha owned Line 6. And I was, yeah. and I said, you know who's selling more Line 6 pedals for you than anybody <laughs> on the planet? I was like, Mr. Ian Allison. I got Instagram up, dude. I was like showing him that your beautiful face. I was like, that is Ian Allison, right? You need to give him a shout. Oh, and, my God. Um, and then he sends and, you the HX stop. Come and on. he was like, have you got one? And I was like, I haven't got one. And he was like. We'll, we'll we'll fix you up. So there there oh, is no, one. Did I lose you? Uh, there is one coming in the post, hopefully very soon. But did, like quick one, uh, by the way. Did I did I introduce you to Dan via email? I'm not sure. Did I introduce you, did. you to Dan? You, via- you, I did. You did. Okay, you did. Great. Because I was supposed to. Great. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I, as I was talking about this, I was like, oh shit, I forgot to introduce Ian to Dan. Right. Great. I've done that. Great. Awesome. No, it's all good. I lost yeah. you for a second there, so I don't know. It, like, the, I, I just kept I hope, on speaking. Good. I, kept, I, I lost I, you too. I just kept speaking. Yeah. I hope there was a moment where, like, did I introduce you to Dan? And I was just like this. <laughs> there wasn't no. I just thought I just keep I just keep on talking until you came back. But dude, have you got a have you got one of the white HX stumps or one of the down ones? <sighs> Dude, I've got a I've got a regular old black, you know, a sparkly black HX stomp. It's fine, but you don't think I've I've peeped that Stormtrooper HX stomp, the white one? Good lord, dude! How do you get a white one? What's the vibe? It was a special edition they did. I mean, <gasps> they're they're no they're no longer, but right now they're doing a purple one, which is cool. But the white Ooh. one to me was they might have even done a red one. I could be making that up. But yeah, occasionally they release a different color. It's so cool. But look, I mean, here's the thing. That that pedal, it's the greatest multi-effects processor of all time. I think it is. Like like by leaps and bounds actually. It's small, yeah, you can do yeah. so much with it, but it does require a learning curve. It's not super intuitive to use. You don't pull it out and it doesn't have, you know, knobs on it for drive and volume, and, it, right? It's, it's It's not like this. Right. Where we just like hitting pedals. It's a computer, essentially, yeah. right? You can edit on it. You can edit on um, your laptop as well. And look, I've got a bunch of presets I made for it. I'm super proud of them. If you want to check them out, you can check them out on my website, which yeah, is com. But also, I really, I mean, I really want to give people value in terms of if you don't, if that, if you would rather eat ground glass than play through a little computer and have to edit, I get it. <laughs> You know, I get it. So I want to give people some, you know, some like real concrete. Here's, Here's what you should pedals, check out. Yeah. Pe- I'm going to grab some pedals while you're talking. Get some pedals. Get some pedals. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Uh, and I wonder, 
what I wonder if Scott and I'll grab some of the same ones. But I think number one, the first thing you should consider if you're like, oh, I want a pedal, but I don't really know. Now again, I'm not talking to you about tuners. Okay, the the first one that will actually radically change your sound is an octave pedal. I have a Boss OC5 here. There are others. Of course, there's the three leaf, but three leaf's unobtainium. I mean, that stuff is yeah. super expensive to get now on the used market. I have one on my big board here, which I can show you in a moment. But this is the OC5 based on the OC2 from Boss. What an octave pedal does is it takes the sound that you play and drops it down one octave. There's also, you you know, this has, you can go two octaves down, which isn't super great for bass. Um, this also has an octave up feature in this new OC5. But an octave pedal to me is designed to get you thinking more like a key bass. So you're playing everything up an octave from where you normally would, right? If you play a low E, this will have a really, it'll sound like garbage and won't track. So you don't do yeah. that. You play a high E, this synthesizes a low E. You can then mix that low synthesis in with your dry signal, or you can just have, you know, there's the old Yannick Wasdala thing. And I I think Jonathan Marin actually maybe started this um, of like playing octave only. Octave I think only. Was, t- was it Tim LaFave? Maybe, maybe Tim maybe LaFave. It's maybe Tim. it wasn't could've, Yannick. Could've it was Tim. either Tim or Jonathan, one of those yeah. guys. Okay, question for you because I know a lot of sort of like if you go into talk base and stuff like that, everybody's super nerdy about the OC2. Yeah. This is the OC2. There you the, go. Like the original. So you can go on to Reverb and, and buy these for, for probably quite expensive, or you can get the OC5. Yeah. Ian Allison, if you are a bass player, what are you going for, OC2 or OC5? I'm going to get the 5, because I actually have a couple of OC2s, and the switches are a little goofy. Like, they're they're old enough now where now I feel yeah. like the switches need to be replaced. They come on, they turn off and on about half the time. Um, so I'm going to recommend to you that you just embrace the new thing. I'm, and in fact, a real budget conscious uh, choice would be the OC3, which I feel like they haven't caught on yet. OC3s mm. sound amazing. They even have drive in them. They sound huge and awesome. And for whatever reason, and that's called the Super Octave, the Boss Super Octave, OC3, yeah. uh, the predecessor of the OC2. And man, I feel like they're fairly inexpensive on reverb. But if you want to just get the new thing, this... OC5 is awesome. Again, I mentioned MXR makes a really good one. Also, another shout out to Aguilar. The Optimizer oh, yeah. is actually it has one of the most useful filters on any octave that I have that I have found. That's a really cool pedal as well. But I mean, if I were just going out and buying one, I'm like, ah, I'm going to just I'm going to do this. I'm going to get an octave pedal. I would probably do the OC5. Got it. Um, yeah. 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 Plus, plus one for the MXR. Um, you like I've, that one? I've, yeah. Yeah. And I used to use this one a lot as well. EBS Octabase is great. Oh, dude, that was my first. That was my first octave pedal, an Octabase. Yeah. Yes. Love them. Yeah. Like yes. super simple. Just like you know, like really two knobs. You know, I like the simple stuff. And the thing, if you uh, if you love to play clean signal mixed with octave signal, that EBS might be the choice for you. It has a really smooth octave sound with not a lot of like grime and character yeah. in it. It's not the choice if you want to do that sort of Tim LaFave, Jonathan Marin, uh, uh, John Davis nerve vibe where you're just having like the but it's you know just sub it's yeah. just sub and it's yeah, yeah that thing is that sort of square wavy neo jazz thing is yeah i think it's the oc lineup does that better right. than the ebs but the ebs does the like clean combined thing super well super well 
great pedal. So, so for your first pedal, you go in octave. I think so because it's the easiest thing to like change your entire perception. It's like wow, now you have if you just have an octave pedal, you have regular bass guitar, and then you have key bass mode. You can almost step on that thing, and it transports you into this new almost dimension where like mm. now you're thinking about like a key bass player, and I think that's really really cool. Would that be the first one you would recommend, or would you have a would you recommend something different? No, it would be octave. Okay. All right. Good. All right. We agree. I'm moving on to number two. How about this? Then the next thing you need, I think, is some kind of saturation. I'm going to talk about drive first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something to change the gain structure, to give you some overdrive, to give you some dirt, to give you some, you know, a little bit of zhuzh, maybe to punch up a solo to just change your sound. Uh, it's such an, an easy way, like a drive pedal is an easy way, again, to just get more kind of harmonic richness out of your instrument or full yeah. on kind of aggression if you play with a pick. I also think that a distortion or overdrive pedal helps you sort of sit in a mix really nicely so for recording yeah. i think it's really cool as well there are so many freaking options out here um but i will tell you one that i don't have in front of me right now but i love is the pork loin by way huge they also put that pedal in into one of their other pedals called a pork and pickle um and that Yo, is check it yeah, out do you dude know, do you know that one I'm holding it up. I've oh, got it right see, here. I, I can't see your video right now. Oh, so. yeah. Pork and Pickle. It's the uh, yeah, white huge Pork and Pickle I've got right here. And that pedal has a drive circuit in it that is lovely um, and a fuzz circuit. So there's a little toggle yeah. that you can have drive or fuzz. The great thing about the way huge stuff and a lot of this stuff that we're going to be recommending is when you step on it, it doesn't drop all of your bottom end out. Yes. That's the thing of it. You know, if you plug into it, just a straight up sort of guitar, you know, an old guitar distortion pedal like yeah. a boss all of your bottom end disappears yeah. yeah and you know you play it in your bedroom like this is sick and then you know here comes the big moment with your band and you reach for the distortion <laughs> pedal and bam and you hit it and now the band sounds smaller oh it's yeah. so funny that the uh video is just delayed for me so now i see you holding up the pork and pickle incredible oh, there you go <laughs> that's a great that's a great pedal but i want to give you a recommend too of a company that is that i think is was one of the first boutique pedal companies of all time and they make a a drive that is so unsung it is by um zvex and this is called the bass distortion dude this pedal this was they were one of the first to get on this train of kind of like trying to do an amp in a box and oh, they yeah. say that this is sort of like an svt power section in a box so it doesn't Ooh. have like tons of just like blasty distortion but it sounds i mean i feel like you put all knobs at noon on this thing and it just sounds so good there's a hint of breakup the bottom is so beautiful there's a hint of compression this is one that i've yeah. had on boards before where i've just left it on all the time it's a it. wonderfully yeah. versatile it's small the batteries last forever you can of course plug it in as well um i like the zebra stripes bass distortion man <laughs> this is this is totally unsung um by an awesome pedal company. So in the beginning, it was Full Tone and Zvex. I think they were oh, the two, at least on my radar, that were doing a few things that were sort of bass specific and boutique that wasn't, you know, MXR and Boss. Yeah, there's so many fuzz and overdrives, isn't there? Like, oh I'm looking my at my shelf over there. I've got so much stuff. Like, I've yes. got, obviously, like, the way huge pork and pickle. I've also got a bunch of dark glass stuff as well. Oh, dude, um, the dark glass stuff. Of course, for overdrive. Yes. Yeah, like, um, just for instance, I'll just grab a few. 
I've got like the Alpha Omega. Which yeah, is like, man. Yeah. And that's a really uh, heavy distortion. I've got the yeah, Alpha Omicron. Oh, and that's maybe the heavier one, actually, the Omicron. It is, yeah. Yep. I've got, like, I've got a bunch, uh, microtubes. Um, yeah, I've got a bunch of them. Yep. And those, I mean, I feel like the Dark Glass stuff is very sound signature. It has, like, a, there's a thing that the Dark Glass stuff all does in the low yeah, mid-range sure. yeah. that you either really love or you really don't love. I feel like, for me, um, I don't use that stuff a ton. But when I'm going for, like, a thing of, like, oh, this needs to be, like, a heavy rock thing, yeah, I, yeah. I do reach for it. I do reach for it. And, you know, yeah. speaking of Dark Glass, can, can we move into Fuzz? Um, I just have a couple yeah. Fuzz recommendations because that is actually a different category for me. That would be my third recommend to you is something that does actually a fuzz sound. Um, oh, so you've pedal. got like octave, you've got overdrive, and then you've yeah. got fuzz. Got it. For me, okay. yeah, that's, yeah. I think I think they're two different things. And, you know, you and can is that, sure. is that your number three, though? Is it that is. your number three? It is your number fuzz. three. Okay, great. Yeah. And and I, I want to, if you have something different, that's awesome. But let me just say, this little guy by Dark Glass, it's so cute. The Rose Gold DFZ, which I feel like probably pissed off a bunch of the metal contingent of, of the Dark Glass. <laughs> it's so funny. They're, they're like really experimenting with other aesthetics, which... This I, is post-Korg acquisition. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah. And I think this is really smart. But this is their duality fuzz, which I actually did the first review for on YouTube ages ago. I love that fuzz. Actually, when Spencer from Three Leaf was making dark glass pedals. I feel like no one knows that that happened, but it did. And I was the guy that got caught up in the in all that madness. Uh, but yeah. this is the uh, a new enclosure. It just has two controls on it. There's controls on the inside as well. This sounds awesome. You can blend with clean. It's a but it's a big aggressive super monster fuzz but if you pair this with the octave pedal you're immediately in synth based territory you can kind of use it on your own as like you know to sound um big fuzzy rock and rolly uh you know jack white or maybe um yeah yeah you know black keys or something but when you pair it with an octave pedal it sounds like stevie wonder or it sounds like you know hip-hop music or it's very cool oh, this is so good this is killer this is such a great uh uh, and then also, too, I, I want to say another one that I love that's a really incredible fuzz is another Zvex pedal that I've used a lot called the Mastatron. Mm. It's gated, so you can do stuff that's like, and it's super tight. Oh, wow. In incredible, incredible fuzz pedal that is, again, a bit of a sleeper, I think. Um, last last fuzz uh, and and overdrive combo. So akin to the pork and pickle that we talked about, I usually have this back in my shelf because it's so damn pretty. But this is from oh Beatronics, God, that's gorgeous, and it's so cool. This is called the Royal Jelly. I had to look at it. Um, but it's yeah, it's a drive and fuzz combo. You can use them independently. You can use them simultaneously. The advantage of this pedal over the way huge pork and pickle is that you can switch. You can almost sort of have channels where you don't have to actually bend down and do the toggle so if you want to set up a drive sound set up a fuzz sound you have it all in one pedal um, yeah because that's the pain in the ass about the pork and pickle it's yes. like you, like you've got your overdrive sound right yes but then if like if you want your fuzz sound then you, you might need to change it all so it's, exactly it's right. almost like 
in a live situation to a certain extent half of the pedals sort of like defunct because you either you need to use overdrive or fuzz right and there's guys like i think justin meldell johnson has two of those on his board and one Mm. is set to be you know a drive and one because he loves it so much and the other the other one is set to fuzz but um yeah i think the b-tronic stuff is incredible too they uh, they're so beautiful they make really interesting things that work really well for bass so i wanted to shout them out as well they They, do look beautiful don't they they're like so nice yeah yeah and just they're really thoughtfully designed and really interesting sometimes kind of complicated but really just like just designed with such care they're incredible at beach yeah really cool so so we've got octave yep drive yep we've got fuzz and we've got two more slots with drive ian Mm -hmm. is that like because some people like when you think of drive, what's, what's your, you know, when you say fuzz, I know mm. exactly what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but drive has got, so, it's like, a, it's a real range of different. It really so for is. you, when you, when you think about like it being on the pedal board, I need a drive mm-hmm. primarily, what's it doing? And I guess to even be more to the point, is it just adding like a little bit of grit? to the to the signal is it doing that which is something that you know a lot of people do or is it like very audible oh this is distortion it depends on the tune um i think one <laughs> said i wouldn't talk about the hx i said i wouldn't talk about it uh, but the <laughs> the tema model inside the hx stomp when you blend it with a clean is incredible at doing both things so, um, and also that bass distortion, that Zvex bass distortion that I showed you also, even the, the way huge pork and pickle, you have this real incredible range, like, like you're saying, Scott, with, with a drive where you can have it just be on a bit and kind of warming it up and sort of like yeah. guitar players call it edge of breakup, right? Where like yes. when you dig yeah. in, it breaks up, but when you kind of hold back, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of distortion on, but it yeah. just everything is better when it's on. You know what I mean? It like it, you could push out a little bit. It almost simulates what this idea of having a tube amp, right? Where you've got a little bit of character and grit when you push it, but that when you play back, it's, it's clean. That's one way to do it. It's maybe what people would use this bass rig for, right? Yes. The origin effects thing. Yes. Yeah. And those I didn't consider in the drive category because I think of that actually as like a DI to me, that's Ooh. like a, I think of that as like a, a preamp DI, yeah, which because yeah. of the XLR out, but you're right. You could just, I mean, those are expensive and if you could just use that as a drive, but to me, um, we can, uh, I, I think that pedals like that. So the origin bass rigs, um, the Jad Freer Capo is another one. Um, or yeah. even man, even like this guy, this bass preamp that, uh, MXR makes people totally sleep on this. This is a fantastic sounding preamp. You can't get like, it doesn't grind. It's very clean. What, what's but that a, one? I can't see it. Yeah. It's called the bass preamp. Oh, is <laughs> it just called, called bass preamp? Bass preamp. <laughs> and man, I plugged it in cause I did a thing and I was like, Oh, hold on. This thing sounds awesome. It's wide and clean, not super nice. expensive. I'm th- this. So I said, you know, all right, I'm going to add a sixth. This, this one is going to go at the bottom of the list. We still have a few things to talk about, but if, if, you know, if we're talking about the top five, I'm going to say a DI is number six, because I think of a DI as maybe not being the most 
important thing to add something to your sound, but I do yeah, think yeah. a DI is important. I did a whole big long podcast episode about DIs. Go check that out. I failed to mention this. And then I played this the other day and was like, Oh man, this is actually really cool and a really budget friendly option. And I've actually been thinking about building a board with this on it, but um, yeah. yeah. So like the, a noble DI or that base preamp or what Scott held up the origin to me, those are like DIs at the end of a chain that can give you amp characteristics. That's yeah, what I think yeah. of those base rigs for versus yeah. like a standalone distortion or overdrive pedal. Does that yeah, make sense? Got it. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Okay. So let's put them there in sort of like category B they're in the sidelines. Yeah. At the minute, yes. but yeah. So, so we've got the octaves, we've yeah. got the fuzz. Yeah. Now we've got the octaves, we've got the overdrive, we've yeah. got the fuzz. Yeah. Next. Next. Have we got For a me, chorus? Next is modulation. And there's so many options. I'm a chorus guy. Uh, I love chorus. So I, the, my two choices of standalone chorus, I actually really like the MXR bass chorus deluxe. It's Whey! got a bunch of, yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah. Got you, you right here, dude. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Very good. Uh, it has a flanger mode on it. So, you know, you've got a choice of two different styles. Um, but the reason this is cool is not just to do like eighties with a pick and, you know, Nirvana eighties, nineties, like Nirvana guns and roses, the Duff, cure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, um, eras of this also yeah. Pino played chorus, Tony Levin. Yeah. Now yeah. it's, it's late. Now it's showing up for me. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a really cool effect and it kind of got, uh, it sort of got mired in the 80s and people used it so much that uh that it was sort of left in the 80s yeah, and 90s yeah, and yeah. then in the 2000s chorus was not cool it was all about phaser baby but i think it's back i think it's timeless now i use chorus um when i'm using octave pedal to sound like synth or when i'm using fuzz to kind of take it more into synthesizer territory it's yeah. just another really cool way to kind of change your bass sound into this new thing um i also have to give boss a shout this is one of my favorite sounding uh, choruses of all time. And I love how it functions. It just has buttons that you press. And oh, listen, nice. Listen, do a little a pedal ASMR. <laughs> you like that? I'm pressing the buttons on the boss dimension. <laughs> uh, it's my favorite color, purple. Um, I will say about this pedal, it's meant for guitar. Uh, so... It, it does, you, you'd notice a tiny bit of bottom end loss, mm -hmm. but when it's combined with an octave pedal, <sighs> good night. This is one of the coolest sounding, uh, choruses of all time. I think I love this pedal very much. Nice. Yes. Okay. How about you? You got, uh, is there, are you down with that? Are you down with I'm that? I'm down with the chorus, dude. Okay. I was holding up the chorus. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah. down with all right. the chorus. All right. All right. Uh, and then, and then, finally, obviously, I know what's going to be next. It's going to be delays and reverbs, right? It, it, dude, it's not. What? <laughs> it's it's a little bit out. Of, it's a little out of order, and you're gonna you're gonna be pissed about this. <gasps> I can't live without delays or reverbs. Oh, I will see, say. okay. Well, this is going to be great because see here, I'm going to show. I'm going to say it's compression. Ah, oh, I think it's yeah, because you. Okay, I've got. I've got. Can you see me? No, but I no, do love that I'm you don't agree. The, 
Well, I'm holding up the little Cali 76 yes. that you just held up. I'm yeah. holding up that. <laughs> I have got the big one as well, but the little one is much more portable and easy to use. Of course, yeah. yes. Well, not easy to use, but yeah, yeah. much more I've, portable. I've got a little one here too. This is the stacked. Yeah, Scott's got probably the compact base, right? That's yeah. the base specific one. This one, yeah. um, they don't market it for base, but I think it's my favorite of the little ones. It has two 1176 circuits in it that you can combine. So you can set up one to be punchy, like, you know, an 1176 and the other one to be like kind of slow and sustainy mm, like a LA two yeah. a I think, and kind of blend those with your dry. This is my <laughs> favorite standalone that they make. It's really aggressive and cool. Um, or it can be really syrupy and slow. This is a badass compressor. Compressor makes your loud stuff quieter and your quiet stuff louder. And you're like, why would I want that? Dear God, I probably should do a whole podcast episode about it. I think it just makes everything you play sound a little more finished. It's not the most, um, it's not like, whoa, you know, I, I struggled. Like, was I going to put envelope filter in the five spot, Scott? Was I going to? I was maybe going to. God damn. You know, and I didn't. I went compression. This is just true for me. I play with a compressor on almost always. You have it on all the mm -hmm. time, don't you? Yeah. I just yeah. like the way it sounds. I love the way it kind of contains me. I love the way um, I feel like it brings nuance out. It actually brings ghost notes out a little bit. Like you said, the top of the yeah. pod, put a little yeah. compression on with that cab. But um, so this is this is an expensive esoteric uh, thing that I'm showing you here. I mean, it, not esoteric, but this is an expensive pedal. So if you want something that is cheaper, actually, I'm mm, I'm hesitant to even recommend. I haven't experimented with a lot of like budget compressors. I think if you're going to do it, I would get an Origin. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, and how about um, you, Scott? You've got, got, you've got little, some other this, things. This, this is a fun one, this Pigtronics, this little Pigtronics oh, yeah. bass compressor. Yep, That's yep. fun, actually. Yep. Um, like, very different from this, but it's still, yeah, it's still cool. And for me, um, it's, with compression, I can definitely live without it. I, I'm, I'm not, like, an always-on at the minute, but I'm definitely open to experimenting with it. But yeah. where I've really felt it in the past is, like, on gigs, actually. Mm -hmm. That's where I real, really kind of enjoy it. When I, yeah. when I've, yeah, when I've got it on a gig and I can just sort of like feel it and how yes. it's changing the actual texture of the, it's like, it's exactly, it kind of sort of like for me falls into that category of like tube amps, right? Yeah. What's it really, you, you listen to people on, um, on, on YouTube playing with it. Eh, it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't Agreed. translate. Yes, it doesn't, that's so it true. doesn't translate. Yeah. But when you get in a live band and you play with a compressor on, it is, a slightly different experience for sure and it's absolutely and you yeah it's it's actually really it's really fun to experiment with um but yeah so like but you were saying that you weren't sure that that was in the fifth category right it, was it going to be an envelope filter well, yeah it, it just is in the five spot for me um because i think like this is sort of the order of importance for me um yeah. i guess maybe even compressor would be first but I, just like thinking about what i really value and like pedals that make the biggest difference that's how i ordered it but and then I was like, oh, man, but envelope filter. So, and of course, like you had said, reverb and God, I mean, I love spring reverb. I love. But I was trying to think about, like, if you want to get into this and get some pedals that are going to be like bangers worth the money and you can apply them right away. I stand by my list, although I do feel like I'm missing that envelope filter spot. Uh, you've got an envelope filter that's badass. 
Yes, I love dude. that thing that you have, the Emma discombobulator or something. Discombobulator or bobulator. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what yeah. it is. But yeah, yeah. That, it's made by Emma discombobulator. It sounds great. So yeah, I think that having an envelope filter, ah, for me, I'm like, is it on the desert island pedal board? I know, like, right? E- even like know. an envelope filter in general, like it's so fun to use. I'm not sure whether it's on the desert right. island board though. Um, but something that absolutely would be on the desert island board yes. for me is reverb and delay. Like uh, yes. one of the two. I, I just need it. I just need it for when I'm playing melodies and, and I'm going, mm, and yes. dude, I think you need it too. You're whipping out, you, you've <laughs> got the chorus on, you've got the pick. You know, I mean, the, you've got the tremolo, you've got uh, the pick. No. Oh, where is it? Like, I want you just have, after this podcast, uh, you just get that tremolo on, get that pick out and play it without reverb, dude. Oh, it's going to sound I, super you'd be like, dry. <laughs> You're totally right. You're totally right. But I, but I also think that that's a little esoteric. Like, I think that in terms yeah, of a recommend, yeah. that's something, yes, it is something that I love. I don't know, man. I, I was just thinking, like, if you, it wouldn't be, like, a, a spring reverb pedal would not be the thing that I would recommend to someone actually in the top five. Like, I yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. Like, a working bass player? I don't know. Um, now, if you want to experiment with, like Scott's saying, with melodies, like, yeah, you put on reverb and delay for when you're playing, um, you know, up high, playing melodies. Absolutely. I totally agree. But if you're playing yeah. in a church or you're playing in a wedding band or you're like, and you're like, God, I know I need to, you know, I probably should play kind of a synthy bass sound for when we play the Bruno Mars tunes. Like, I, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from. I probably should have yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the no, top, it's good. Like, working bass player you know but dude yeah. for me absolutely man i would be sorely missing um trem and reverb damn we need more than five slots <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's a 10 slot hey it's a 10 slot yeah it's a 10 slot yeah it's a 10 slot you know because people ask me about this board all the time and i just have it here so i may as well show it i've got some real expensive you know uh unicorny crap on here but this is the board that i play probably the most that people have seen me play, that people ask me about all the time. I've got a big box Cali 76, which I just think sounds wonderful. It's my favorite compressor I've ever played. Scott's got one too. Yeah. Yeah, I run into an octave pedal here made by Three Leaf. This is almost unobtainium right now. Um, But this is an amazing octave pedal. It allows you to play it combined. You can get them, but they're they're like a thousand pounds or something. Oh, they're like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. You can play, you know, you can set up a channel to have it combined with your dry and then you can just solo out the bottom octave sound. So to do that kind of like you know neo jazz electronic vibe then this is probably my favorite fuzz of all time i didn't recommend it because again they are hen's teeth they're so expensive and they're so uh, they're just crazy. there's one on reverb now for five thousand dollars um and it's the doom two by three leaf and i love it i love it very much so if you can find one i would recommend it it's very it's very interesting and then i also have of course the line six hx stomp so uh and this is a multi-effects process processor that does all the things it's like the greatest swiss army knife but even calling it that is a bit reductive it's an incredible supercomputer of effects and then i've got a fancy tube di made by noble and that is my board it's little it's all the things that i love 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 sparing no expense right and i haven't changed it actually in a long time this has been the current iteration i have a small board that i fly with uh but this 
this is like my, you know, quote unquote, big board. And I use it uh, almost every day in the recording, you know, recording at home for SBL stuff out on gigs. I use this board all the time. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I lost Scott Devine. It's just me now on the podcast until Scott Devine comes back. Are you with me? He's still out. Uh Uh-oh. And and it looks like we've lost Scott (laughs) off of the call. Hey, you know what? Let me just say this. Sometimes the Internet can be tricky, right? Sometimes the Internet can be tricky. But you guys, I'm going to I'm fine to wrap this up. Uh, So, again, get an octave pedal. It's going to take you into synth based territory. Get a drive, get a fuzz, get a chorus, maybe get a compressor or you know what? Dealer's choice in the five spot. And then uh, I said number six <laughs> is a you know a preamp or a DI, and hopefully you guys have uh, a better understanding of what all that stuff is, why I would like it, why Scott would like it, why he might choose something different, and why you know you, if maybe the multi effect thing isn't your vibe, the standalone thing might be your vibe. You can try them out one at a time. Last thing I want to say too is. Um, There are pedals out there, too. The Amazon pedals. The Behringer pedals. Oh, he's back. I'm back. (laughs) Dude, I was wrapping it up. I'm like, I'm "I'm going down with the ship, baby. (laughs) I was just saying, I just given a recap, Scott. And I was also saying that if you want to try some of this stuff, there's actually nothing wrong with buying some really inexpensive options. Honestly, the Behringer pedals, which I think can be obtained on, you know, Sweetwater, Tomorrow, on reverb uh amazon even Mm, for like between 20 and 50 bucks if you're like i've always wanted to try tremolo but you maybe don't want to spend 200 bucks on a fancy right you can get a behringer one and then you can decide you wonder and maybe it sounds awesome and then maybe you're the artist that plays the cheap pedal and it's a super sick flex you know yeah you don't have to have the best crap on your board maybe you're like tom morello you know and you've had the same pedals on your board for 20 years and you're just the baddest to ever do it and it's all good you know he is the baddest (laughs) to ever do it ever ever can you remember the first time you heard tom morello (gasps) i can actually Dude, he was in ninth grade and my buddy matt anderson put headphones on me and said listen to this and it went zoom ding 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 it was bomb track you know and it went outlandish indeed yes oh should we wrap it dude yep incredible incredible so much fun i tried to i tried to fly through that hopefully it was valuable to you guys yeah, absolutely. It was freaking valuable to me. And I'm sat here now with all of these pedals around me. So once I, yeah, so once I get the kids to bed tonight, I'm going to come and plug in and make a uh, make a noise. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, as you mentioned earlier, we've got a giveaway going on. If you want to be part of it, just go to winabasebuilderschool.com yeah. and you'll find it there. It's completely free to enter. Also, if you've checked out the album on Spotify or Apple Music or any of those places, amazing. Thank you so much. And if you want the tab and notation completely free for the entire album, we've put an ebook together for you. And all you need to do is go to scottsalbumbonus.com and you can Ow. grab it there. And that is it. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye. Take care, everybody.